tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Polio, Lost Gringo, and Poison Shake. co-host crystal and i am your other co-host robert and this is reenacted an unsolved mysteries podcast yes and i would like to mention uh not very popular in italy as it turns out not a huge fan base yeah in italy literally fewer listens in italy than there are episodes of this pod so yeah either someone kind of gave us a try or we just got a lot of like people who gave us one try and were like what's the matter with this pod i'm i'm switching back to to uh my hometown murder or whatever that pod is yeah you know i we so we can pretty confidently say this is like the seven hundred thousand most (laughs) popular podcast in italy (laughs) that's probably right on the spot (laughs) Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe podcast, people listen to a lot of podcasts in Italy, I don't know. Is that really part of the culture? They're just Italian podcasters in their mother's basements, shouting into a microphone, reviewing movies. Uh, I don't know. I th- I think th- Does I th- anyone know? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're Italian and you listen to this podcast, please write in. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about podcast uh, culture. Is it it as um, widespread and problematic as it is in Los Angeles? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't. Um, I I I I I very much doubt podcast culture is wide as widespread and problematic anywhere as it is in Los Angeles, right? Oh yeah, it's it's a real it's a real epidemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So hey, we were gonna. So I have some news. Okay. Uh, I uh, became recently engaged to to be married. <laughs> that sounds really passive. My uh, uh, David, who I've mentioned on the podcast, uh, proposed a couple weeks ago, which is why. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't. So I kind of lied to the to the viewers, to the listeners, that we were at some kind of like cryptid convention for the month of July. But it's really because we haven't re- been able to record because of work <laughs> schedules. I've been out of town, and before I was out of town, I was sick with a terrible cold, and I just actually could not speak into a microphone for an extended period of time. <clears throat> but before all of that, <clears throat> excuse me, before all of that, yes, there was a proposal, which I accepted. So I'm going to, uh, I guess I'm going to get hitched. <laughs> what happens after someone gets proposed to right yeah and such <laughs> big news um, big news but more importantly uh part of the well the main thrust of the proposal took place on catalina island which is a uh, kind of a resort destination and nature conservancy off like 30 miles off the coast of uh long beach down here um, in Los Angeles County. Yeah. And I had never been. So uh, it was really, we had a lovely time. 
And one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, I'm not going to get into the details of the proposal because it's kind of private, but we came across uh, the best store in the world. All right. I'm I'm excited. In to Avalon, hear this. California. <laughs> OK. All right. Let me set the scene. OK. So Avalon's like a little beachy resort town. And across the street from the harbor, there was this, you know, sort of touristy looking store. And I was looking for some lotion because um, we didn't bring any on the trip and that's fine and so I thought we could go in there and maybe I'd find some face sunscreen or whatever uh, so we go in the store and on the left hand side there's um, you know a bunch of candy but like really good candy and it's right by the uh, checkout counter mm-hmm. behind the checkout counter is a number of CBD products I don't know if you guys are into that but that's what's going on over there on the right-hand side of the store is a whole humidor of cigars, okay? I'm not a cigar smoker, but listen, if you're on vacation, right, and you want to treat, you want to feel like a big-timer, this is the store for you. Down the middle of the store was sunglasses, hats, all kinds of fun things. When you start going to the towards the back of the store, uh, now on the left-hand side, bes- besides the um, checkout counter, is a whole... A case of glassware for um, smoking um, marijuana products. <laughs> and then on the right hand side, um, there's like a bunch of like children's books and fun toys. And then if you keep going <laughs> to the back of the store, there was there was uh, against the wall um, on one side was a bunch of like uh, massage chairs. So the kind you put like a couple dollar bills in and they like vibrate and roll and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of massage chairs. And then of interest to the people listening to this podcast, if you kept going to the back of the store, Robbie won't believe what we found. Uh, Bigfoot? It is, it's not Bigfoot, no. But m- maybe about as rare as Ooh. Bigfoot. Um. That's right. Oh, boy. Video rentals. <gasps> Video rentals. Yes. Now, I have not seen a store actually renting DVDs since, I want to say maybe 2009 or 2010. Whenever whenever they started disappearing, I don't remember exactly what that era oh, was. Oh, um, I, I would say, yeah, they're, they're probably, they were well on their way out by that point. Um yeah. Yeah. So I, I was looking. So they had all these rows and rows of DVDs with these super faded covers. And I was just like, what's going on here? And I was with David and I said, David, are these for sale or are these for rent? <laughs> and since none of them were wrapped in plastic and they all have these like colored tags on them, you know, as if to correspond to some kind of binder where you would check out the actual disc. Um, I lost my mind, Robbie, I lost my mind. And I was like, I have to, I have to tell everyone about the best store. So, I mean, you've got everything covered. You got your snacks in the front. Um, there was a bunch of sunscreen and lotion and stuff. I actually ended up getting lotion there. You've got your bongs, you got your cigars, you got your sunglasses, you got your toys for the kids. You can get a massage and you can rent DVDs for your vacation. Man, they really, uh, yeah. They really had it all figured out. This is this is a yeah. the, the perfect store to like get situated for your for your vacation on Catalina Island. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, <laughs> but there's only like three stores in Avalon. It's not hard to find. It's on the waterfront. So if you 
end up going to Catalina, um, please visit. You'll know immediately what I'm talking about once you walk in. You'll be like, this is the spot. There is not a 0% chance that after we're done recording, I'm going to go on Google Maps and try to find this store. (laughs) Well, Robbie, the odds seem pretty high. You'll get to visit the store yourself um, later for reasons reasons, so all right okay understood um all right well that's some you know some good news all around i'm I'm, thank you for sharing uh both both you know obviously with the the proposal and with this awesome store yeah i have some news as well oh great please share yeah i i had to go to the hospital last week (laughs) oh no Die, it wasn't anything dire or dangerous so much, um, but, but I had uh, uh, kidney stones. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Sir, I am sorry. How's, how's will, your pee hole, man? How are you doing? <laughs> you know, there was no pain. Uh, the, what the experience, the experience was absolutely different from what every sitcom <laughs> episode mm-hmm. about kidney stones I've ever seen would lead me to believe. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, like, it started out as, like, this feeling of general discomfort on my lower left side. Uh-huh. And this happened when I when I started a, a shift at work. And okay. I was sort of... I was go. I was operating off a certain assumption because I'd experienced something similar like a month earlier. Like I was laying in uh-huh. bed and I was tossing and turning because I was like I couldn't get comfortable because of all this like discomfort. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so finally, yeah. I, I I stood up out of bed and get like let out a long, deep belch, and mm-hmm. immediately fantastic. felt felt fantastic. How many people are left listening to this? <laughs> Oh, they, if if people are still listening at at the point of this episode, like we've all, I, I've already yeah. talked They're about for the long bodily haul, function, right? yeah. yeah. Um, and I felt like just immediately better. So I thought like, uh-huh. oh well, that was just like some trapped air or gas or something. And you know, I laid back down in bed, and immediately fell asleep. So I was sort of operating off the mm-hmm. assumption that 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 was what was going on here. And sure enough, like uh-huh. in, in the middle of the shift, I got up, I went to the bathroom and I actually gave out like just like a series of just normal belches. Like it went on for mm-hmm. like fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, it literally went on for like four or five minutes. Just like, wow. Well, you know, like as soon as I, I hmm. let out one, I could let out another. Um, yeah. And I kind of fell a little bit better after that, or at least I yeah. thought I, I made myself thought I did. So I returned to work. Uh-huh. But then, like, by the last hour or so of the shift, like, the discomfort had started to turn into pain. But uh-huh. so I went home a little bit early. I was like, uh-huh. I just need to lay down and lay down and move and sort of stretch. And like this, this gas or whatever will will make its way out. Um, yeah, but I, I drove all the way home, which is a 45 minute drive, laid down in bed wow. for about 10, five to 10 minutes. And was like, uh-huh. it was, I would, by that point it started to be so painful. I was like, Oh man, no, f- this is something different. Fuck this. Yeah. And I, I got up and immediately yeah. drove all the way back to Carson city to go to the hospital. 
Um, oh, so you drove yourself? Yeah. The, really, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is the middle of the night, though, right? Because you work, you work night shift, right? Um, In the middle of the early morning. Uh, what was well, the, I, 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 it's I started experiencing it in the middle of the night, and then, uh, yeah, yeah like I arrived at the hospital around not nine a.m. Okay, give or, give or take. Um, and by the time I reached the hospital and I was walking in, like it felt like a knife was literally traveling through my entire body, like literally what yeah. it would feel like if a knife was doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I know grown men who have gone through military training that have passed out from the pain of kidney stones. Yeah, I, 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 that's a true story. I know that ha- a guy that happened to he's been through like seer training and this knocked him over. He passed out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I Like by the time <laughs> they, they took me out, took me into the back and I was laid down, laid down like, uh-huh. yeah, I've. At that point, it was probably the most painful experience of my entire life. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what uh, happened? So did they laser them out or what? what's going on? No. Um, they, uh, they, they, you know, they gave me some, nar- some narcotics and I was like, uh-huh. it's like, yeah, as soon as they injected that stuff and I started to feel better, I was like. Wow, I, I guess I can see why people get into narcotics. <laughs> yeah, no. they're real fun. Yeah, Damn. and they make you feel good. <laughs> like like when yeah when when they were wheeling me from uh where I was to the the cat scan room, it was very I like it very much felt like that sort of little montage between like in Pulp Fiction after when mm-hmm. John Travolta shoots up some her- heroin or whatever it was and like he's driving mm-hmm. to Uma Thurman's place if you remember mm-hmm. that little bit like that's that's exactly of course yeah that's exactly what i felt like um yeah you felt like you were in a convertible with the top down baby <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and then uh but then yeah they they sent me home with some uh they 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 prescribed some stuff uh, so I spent like, uh, like two or three days taking some pills, uh, uh-huh. and by the time I returned to work, like I stopped taking the painkillers and stuff, and I haven't experienced uh-huh. anything. Uh, so even though I've been straining my uh, my urine, uh, I yes, I haven't found anything. So I, I guess sometimes like the stuff just like it just like crumbles or, or whatever and, and you don't yeah. really so i'm assuming they're gone uh but i can't okay but i can't i Jesus. definitely can't have any more dark cola yeah i mean it's what it's usually uh people get uh kidney stones from the energy drinks too much salt dark cola uh anything with a lot of caffeine in it not drinking enough water my understanding you gotta drink a lot of water yeah um yeah yeah gotta be careful with that yeah well i'm glad you're okay now that sounds terrible i mean i've also heard women that have had you know kidney stones and given birth said they'd rather give birth again than have kidney stones so just keep that in mind my my coworker Um, who drove me home uh from from the hospital that day she she told me the exact same thing that one of her uh her like sister or something had said like yeah I'll, i'll take giving birth over kidney stones yeah yeah um, well, I mean, that's a, I guess that's an unsolved mystery.
right. Where, where are your stones, man? Yeah. Um, they have yet to, to. Well, I hope you're gonna be okay. I mean, that sounds that sounds awful. Yeah. I've been in I've been in terrible pain before, and it's it sucks. Well, yeah, yeah it just sucks. Um. Anyway, should we uh, talk about Unsolved Mysteries Season 5, Episode 11? Let's do it. All right. Um, so the first segment, okay, is it's a lost love segment. And I feel like in this lost love segment, there's a bit of a uh, sleight of hand. Yeah. Because I didn't really know wh- where we were going with this. But the woman's name is Judy Davis. <laughs> and when Judy was eight years old... Um, she contracted polio and, uh, I, Robbie, I, listen, my grandmother got polio, um, when she was in her thirties and I believe it was sometime around like 1959 or 1960. She had not, uh, received the polio vaccine yet. Okay. And she has, she has, uh, since she was in her thirties, she's been, um, partially wheelchair bound she's now fully she's now 90 years old so she's completely wheelchair yeah so she went from being a walker and then she had you know for she could walk a little bit but basically it it destroyed the use of her legs over time and i had to look up after i watched this segment i'm like i know polio is like some kind of neurological thing but i don't know how people get it And I don't really know what it does. So I guess it's a virus that can be spread through contaminated food and beverage, kind of like hepatitis. Um, So if like someone didn't wash their hands and had polio and, you know, then went and prepared food, they can spread this, uh, wash their hands after using the restroom. They can spread it through contaminated food and drink. Yeah. So, um, and I guess it was 1956. No, maybe that's not right. But sometimes in the, in the 1950s, there was a huge outbreak of it. And so, uh, you know, a lot of kids died. Um, you know, Judy Davis didn't die. She's just, she was uh, partially paralyzed. And um, she had to wear braces on her legs and also use crutches. So the story um, begins when Judy uh, starts junior high in 1956. And um, there's a lot of steps. You know, we get the full reenactment. There's a lot of steps going up to no detail is spared uh, in Judy's fascinating story. Um, Judy uh, isn't able to make it up the stairs and all these kids are staring at her. And so her dad has to carry her up the stairs in this sort of heartbreaking uh, reenactment. And when she gets to the top of the stairs, none of these kids want to like anything to do with her. But here comes this girl, Becky Terry. And, um, you know, Becky and Judy immediately clicked. They became best friends. Um, they did everything together. Uh, you know, Becky never treated Judy like she was different. They, you know, wore matching outfits. Um, they talked on the phone all the time. They just did everything together. Um, you know, they even mention in the segment that like a lot of people mis- mistook them for sisters um uh, so yeah. he- well uh, when here's the yes i before we get too far and i uh, and i don't want to ba- make us backtrack too much i was just going to say no it's okay and in, in the reenactment when uh when that day at school started um uh-huh robert stack in the narration was saying something like becky uh t- judy you know uh, it was going to enter a world that could be unintentionally cruel. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if we're talking about school kids, 
intentionally cruel is more often than not the the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I oh for sure yeah middle school is an, is a uh, it's worse than jail you know oh totally it's n- a nasty place. Um, <clears throat> uh, so Becky. Uh, I don't remember which order this happens in, um, but one outstanding detail is that for whatever reason at this junior high, um, there was every day uh, the students could go watch, and I quote, a serialized horror film. (laughs) And wasn't it more than just one? They they showed serialized horror films, right? Yeah. Like, like, well I, well, I guess maybe not like multiple all at once, but maybe they'd finish one and then start another or something. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that, I'm, that, that, I'm that, very this confused. Was the, like, this was the part was this of during the, lunchtime or this was the part of the seg- segment that that had me absolutely con- like when when I when they showed this, I was like, "What? Uh, yeah, I can." <laughs> I, I was just I was astounded, but I guess the thing is. You know, teachers, they like being able to put on a f- movie in class so they can just sort of sit, uh-huh. at, sit at the desk in the back of the room and, like, have a little break. Uh, yeah. one, once having been a substitute teacher, I can tell you, like, as a kid, we think that, like, oh, recess, this is the time for kids. This is our break. And then, you know, and also, yeah. uh, you know, film in class. Oh, man, this is like, you know, this is like. Uh, uh, this is like basically an off day from school. Let me tell you, right. like for the teachers, uh-huh. it is way, way more those things. <laughs> <laughs> like when recess arrives, the teachers are way more excited than the kids. I can, like, <laughs> once you see them all go out there on the playground and you just walk back to, to, to the classroom and sit at that desk and like, I don't even have to. I don't have to anything for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And so. So yeah. these daily horror films are just so the teachers can have a cup of coffee and relax, I guess. I, I'm that's what my guess would be like. They, um, you know, it's just like, hey, if we put on this little thing and, you know, we'll have the, these kids watch this um uh, you know, we'll have them watch the, you know, the, the horror movies. Cause that's what the kids, kids are into. And they'll watch it for like, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. And that'll just give us time to like finish our paperwork or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, like, but though it was interesting, like that they chose horror movies. Um, yeah. Which seems like a sort of a, a risky subject matter, even, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's the tell. Like they're like, we need something that will like keep them engaged and out of trouble. So like just your standard like, let's learn about science today. Film reel probably probably isn't what they they you want to go with. Um, and then- yeah, I just I'm was such a scaredy kid. Like I don't think me- mentally I could have handled any horror. Oh, at that time, I don't think we've t- discussed. I was as a kid, I was terrified of horror movies, right? 
Yeah. Like just. I was very like sensitive and very fragile to imagery. I mean, I still am, but like as an adult, I can like compartmentalize enough now to be like, oh, this is silly horror fun. You know, this isn't right anything to be scared of but there's still some there's still some genres i won't i don't mess around with because i am still just like that sensitive as to things as a kid i would like i had this strange even when even at the depth of like oh man i don't like horror movies i was mm-hmm. when when i would go to the the uh be dropped off at like a video rental place or whatever I still had the strange mm-hmm. fascination with the, like the covers of the films, but I would never oh, walk. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I w- but I would never walk into the horror section. I would like. Yeah. S- I would stay in like, yeah, I know whatever was across the aisle from it, action or drama or whatever. I would I would hang out there and try to look at the the covers from the the safety of like across the aisleway, and try to discern you know what the these films were about based off, off that. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a very complicated re- relationship between me and that genre. I, I totally agree. And also one of the, there was a, like, what did you think were the most disturbing ones? We're totally going off topic here, but that's fine. This is Judy Davis. Becky <laughs> I mean, I mean honestly, there's only really um, five minutes of, of, of discussion on, on yeah. this, on this we, actual segment. Um, the uh, movie covers, uh, horror movie covers. Um, Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, the the film, you know, one of the ones that that like, maybe not necessarily was the most scary or, or disturbing, but it, it left like the deepest um, impression on me was the cover for the movie Ghoulies. Okay. You know, you know that one. That's the. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm sure when you see the image. Oh, the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> Oh my God. I was just having, I had a conversation with a grown adult woman recently who still has toilet terror. And I think it probably has to do with the ghoulies cover. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, like, I, you know, looking at that cover, I'm like, oh my God, there's an entire movie about little monsters that come and bite you on the butt when you're on the toilet, which is actually, yeah, I've, I've seen the movie ghoulies. It's, it's not anything like that at all. It's kind of, that, that, that cover is kind of a, a, a misnomer in, in a way. Oh, um, I in fact, if anything, I think they kind of maybe. Uh, I mean, it's one of those situations where they 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 had to come up with a cover for the movie, and so they just did that. Though I think there actually is a scene involving a ghoulie and a toilet, but mm-hmm. if I recall, like when I was watching it, it kind of felt like me. It felt sort of off, like maybe they shot it afterwards. So like. Mm-hmm. They they made they're they're making the movie and then they made the 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 poster image and they're like oh wow this is really great but now we have to put something into the film that <laughs> makes this image make sense um yeah so that that was that was one that stuck out uh, a lot uh, to me mm-hmm. um what, what 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 were some of the covers that you know, really left the deepest impression on you. Well, I remember, not because it was particularly disgusting or anything like that, but the cover for Dead Alive. Oh, yeah. With the, uh... And because I thought that movie was, a because it's a woman like opening her mouth and there's like a little skull or something in the mouth. Yeah. You can look it up. Um, I, it's not particularly scary. It's just very graphic. But I thought it was a movie about 
like your skeleton escaping or like a tiny like tiny people living inside of you or something yeah you know they're really not what that movie's about by the way (laughs) no no not 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 at all but i mean that is no that's very much what that 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 cover cover seems to suggest i think actually about 95 percent of horror movie covers were just like complete bullshit (laughs) <laughs> looking yeah, back in retrospect totally I, I, it's probably more like due to like at the time with the video rental market you kind of had to mm-hmm. you kind of had to have something that would hook people in so they would just take liberties right. with the the images just to like you know if you have a compelling image that that will make the people rent yeah um i don't Absolutely. think there's i don't think yeah. there's really been a good skeleton trying to escape film yeah uh, skeleton trying to escape your body yeah i feel i feel um, like i feel like there's is that re- even a thing <laughs> well that's the well that's the thing i feel like i feel like there's room to like make a horror movie that's all about that like skeletons trying to escape from their from their bodies that's um <laughs> they just can't take the flesh anymore they gotta get out of there i gotta get out <laughs> i mean it's, it, it, it'd be, it's, it's, it'd make for for a pretty unpleasant situation for all the parties involved so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well, well anyway yeah. um <laughs> <clears throat> so so, uh, so they're, they're watching to... the horror movies in, yeah, in class. and and enter enter David Majors, who's major seventh grade hunkaroo, I guess. Yeah, that's what and, I gathered. And um, you know, there's lots of almost touching and looks being cast in the theater during these daily serialized horror films <laughs> in middle school. And um, so Judy, so Becky starts dating David, uh, such as it is, I guess, in seventh grade, and Judy is like too terrified to talk to him mm-hmm. even though it's like her friend's boyfriend yeah she's like too scared um and then at some point uh becky and david break up and judy um because she's trying to like manage her books and her crutches at the same time at some point in the hallway of the junior high and she drops all of her stuff and then you know, David, like, you know, slow motion runs out of the crowd to, like, help her with her books. And from that point forward, like, Judy and David started dating. And it's this point, I'm like, oh, my God, are we doing a lost love segment where this woman is trying to find her middle school boyfriend? Like, it was at this point <laughs> oh, where I'm like, man. this if this is her trying to find the guy she went out with for a couple weeks in seventh grade... I'm going to flip my coffee table over. I'm like, why is Unsolved Mysteries... Like, why are we getting all this detail, first of all, about David, if this is not the point of the segment, is to reunite Judy with David, you know? Right, right. It, it, I definitely, you can see where, like... I mean, I can see, you know, watching the segment for the first time, it kind of feels like the friendship with... They, 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 they do kind of just set it up so that like the friendship with Becky's just setting up the, the you know, like David comes into uh, Judy's life. I also like that. I don't know if this was just like maybe the the actress playing uh, middle school Judy. Um, mm. 
you know, was just like, you know, because she, she, she has to drop her books. And so it kind of felt like she was telegraphing it a, a little bit. And I was, so I was wondering whether mm-hmm. like the suggestion was, was that like, was that, that she deliberately sort of dropped the books and to, to lure David uh, in. But I, I don't know. But, but the thing is, is David actually turns out to be a completely superfluous character in this. Um, yeah. And I was also like, that's pretty cool of like Judy and Becky too to remain friends after Judy already dated David. Because I don't know if you know how this works in most, you know, middle school through your 20s is if your friend dates someone, you can't date them. They're like, oh. pers- they don't exist anymore. So that's the rule. So I just, you know, Judy and Becky being super cool about it. I guess it was also because Becky at this point had already hooked up with another middle school. Yeah, boyfriend, her, so her, her new was boyfriend like a was, a, was a bit hunkier, too. So I, I guess for her, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, it's an upgrade. My my friend can have my cast off boyfriend now. <laughs> yeah, she can have my leftovers. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that's not what this segment is about. Um, this segment is about the fact that a couple, I don't, I don't know, 19, what are we in, 57, 58 or whatever. Yeah. At this point, um, Becky goes over to Judy's house to tell her that her her father got a job in West Virginia and they had to move. So they're living in Ohio at this time. And the dad is moving and like in the reenactment, it's like, we're moving tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess anyway, um, <laughs> may, I mean, that's either true. And she was just like really anxious about revealing the news and just, you know, as a result, dithered on it for a while or yeah, apparently probably, that's probably true. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause people, I mean, I mean, it's true today, and I'm sure it was, you know, in many ways, sort of doubly true in the 1950s. People kind of need some prep time for a cross-country move. Yeah, well, Ohio and West Virginia are very close to each other. <laughs> oh, still, it takes time. Oh, yeah. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, they're in Ohio. That's um, yeah for a cross-state uh, move. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it, it doesn't matter anyway. So Becky's just like, well, you know, I got to go to West Virginia. I guess over the years, the, you know, the friends tried to keep in touch. They, they kept writing letters to each other. Um, Becky even came back to visit at some point, but eventually they lost touch and that's how it goes sometimes. Um, as a side note, for some reason, uh, they mentioned in 1960 that Judy got to the point where she was, uh, became a full-time wheelchair user um she also married and had four children at some point uh she became a dis- uh, disability uh, rights advocate uh and then 1979 she got divorced again why do we need all this information and then she moved i mean there's just like a there's just like every little detail in this segment and i don't think it adds to anything being particularly heartwarming but it just feels like a lot of misdirection as to where this is going so obviously Judy now is not looking for David, her middle school middle boyfriend. boyfriend. Kind of creepy on Solved Mysteries. <laughs> um, she's, in fact, looking uh, for her long lost friend, Becky. Now, Robbie, how would you have guessed this ended? 
Uh, well, I mean, Unsolved Mysteries usually hits the mark, uh, man- manages to reunite people. So uh, if if I yeah. didn't know the conclusion, I would have assumed that uh, they uh, they were reunited. Ah, so they were. <laughs> yes, though apparently not uh. like I, I don't know because uh, I don't know how else they would have found each other uh, pre-internet, but. It must have been through some means not unsolved mysteries because we don't get an update. We just get a little blanket of text at the end like, oh, Judy and Becky were found each other again. Yeah, well, this is the weird part. So I'm looking at the wiki Mm -hmm. and there's actually pictures of them being reunited. Huh. And and here's the thing. So I guess Becky's brother was was watching the broadcast while it was aired the first time. And then during, because it was the first segment of the broadcast, during the, the rest of the broadcast, Becky and Judy were reunited by phone. So, you oh. know, they did the phone tree and then um, Becky called in to the, the Unsolved Mysteries. Um, so, and then two, or sorry, three months later, they reunited at Judy's home in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, but in addition, in addition, so I was wondering about this. I'm like, why is David being included in this? Because... There's pictures of him from middle school. He must have had to sign a release or something. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't just do that. Um, but in addition to that, David Major, on the night of the broadcast, called into the Unsolved Mysteries telecenter and left his phone. <laughs> oh, no. And then um, Judy and Becky, when they were in Tucson, called him. <laughs> okay. I. You don't. I wonder, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we already <laughs> talked about the, do you think David was hoping to reconnect with one or the other of his middle school girlfriends? You know, I mean, you know, as we well, know from Facebook, right? Because the boomers are on Facebook now. Yeah. Gen X is on Facebook. People get to, you know, a certain time in their life and they just want to know what their middle school boyfriend or girlfriend was up to. And if they're really, if their 12-year-old selves knew something that their adult selves had failed to realize, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. You're making it sound far less creepy than what I was imagining, so that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, they called him, right? Well, yeah, that's... that's... They called him. Oh, they yeah. called... Oh, they were the ones who were proactive. Oh, wow, Okay. Yeah, they both got on, like, one got on one phone and the other got on the other phone in Tucson and they called David. Okay. Telephone. All right. <laughs> so. Well, you know, as a, I, I have to say, for a Lost Love segment, I found this one a lot, you know, pretty interesting. And I think that's mostly because, you know. Because of the horror movie at the middle school? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, which I'm almost certain that was just something that they, like, second unit made a little, like, little some a little bit of footage that they could pass off as a horror movie because you know that's that doesn't look like anything that was period and Mm -hmm. uh they probably would have had to pay money at that point for you know if they wanted to show like a universe you you know universals like dracula starring bella lugosi or something um yeah 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 uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it, this, 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 if, if all the lost love segments could have weird revelations, like in 
high middle school you could watch a serialized horror film i I would i would be a lot more into this type of segment (laughs) (laughs) um you know we said there was nothing there but there was a lot there yeah there's a lot there in that story Yeah. yeah um Okay. I'd also like to add, thank God we don't need to worry about, uh, thanks thanks science, we don't need to worry about kids getting polio anymore. It was a really devastating disease. Yeah, we're, we're really fortunate so. the internet wasn't around in the 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> we are fortunate, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, polio was basically eradicated through vaccination um, by the time that you and I were even born. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, well. Anyway, moving on. We got a we got another amnesia type segment. This uh, this is like a, mm-hmm. a real a real Pierre. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, only it's in... a real Pierre. It's not, but it's not an amnesia segment per se. I think it is a missing persons. It is missing persons. Segment? But but yeah. you're right. But it is because because we we don't. Um, this is from the perspective of the people trying to find. Uh, you're right. I shouldn't have said it was an amnesia segment. Dumb dumb Robbie. Um, but oh <laughs> be nice to yourself <laughs> yeah but uh, unlike the pierre uh segment we had a few months ago where a canadian guy was uh, amnesic in the united states we instead th- th- this is going to involve a- an american guy who's amnesic in mexico um we we start out with a little um, assumed amnesic Assumed. 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 You're right. You're right. I I shouldn't even. Uh, We start out with like a guy with a Orion actor who has like a bleached blonde wig and a stereotypically Mexican blanket over his shoulder. Sort of just wandering around a few locations uh, in, in Mexico looking lost and homeless. At one point, there's a shot of him sitting in front of a gynecology clinic, uh, drinking from a, a gallon container of, of water. That's really fun. Um, <laughs> and we get we sort of then go backwards and get the revelation that this this is someone who's, you know, he's, he's sort of wander, been wandering north and south along the Baja Peninsula for a while at the time of the airing of the segment. And there is speculation that he is, in fact, Gordon Collins. Um, uh, and we get a sort of photograph shown of him where we see that he, he's, he's sporting that 80s mustache uh, before he uh, may or may not have turned into amnesiac homeless person. And him and some friends uh, went down to Baja, Mexico for a little vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Good times, and they they decided to go out. Yeah. Uh, they go go out on the boat, and so you know we get some yeah. some images of uh, of Gordon drinking, you know, uh, that mustache soaking up that that sunlight, and they pass uh, they pass by a Mexican fisherman, and this reenactment, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh while watching it. Yeah, you because know, the Mexican fisherman has just come in from the ocean, and he has already, you know, he's discerned that like there is a storm coming. Like, I have to get into port, and he sees these four Yahoo Americans, uh, two guys yeah. and two gals, on like just a little, you know, 
you know, just a little boat to, that you take out just for a little uh, spin. And he's trying to warn them, like, oh, the, the, the danger, there's a storm out there. But he's trying to warn them in Spanish. And I guess none of them actually spoke Spanish. And so, yeah, they were like, all right, see you, amigo. Gracias. Gracias. <laughs> as they as they go full speed past them out towards the ocean. Yeah, I laughed so hard. Um, but unfortunately, they ran right into the storm, uh, mm-hmm. did not come back from the ocean. And then this is uh, probably for me, one of the more interesting parts of the segment, the hotel sent a guy out on a boat, an employee out on a boat yeah. to find yeah. them. Now that's yeah. no, service. No, no, no. He was sent. Hold on a second. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was the hotel's boat that they had taken out. So he went out there to recover that boat. Oh, him finding damn. any bodies is completely incidental to this. <laughs> Shit. You're probably right. God. I don't know why I was so optimistic about humanity at that point. Yeah. What are, what are you thinking? Like, they just wanted their boat back. Like, well, I don't care what happened to the people on it. I don't know. I, I was th- I was going to say, like, I, I, was, I was just thinking maybe this was a higher end hotel or something. And they just, you know, they didn't want. Hmm. They, they, oh, wow. Yeah. I was going to say, damn. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, now this is the sort of hotel you want to stay at. You know, some a place that's going to, like, save your life, you know. Um, yeah, I, I the kind of hotel that'll rent rent um, you a you a boat, and uh, regardless of what the weather forecast <laughs> might be. <laughs> Damn. Oh well. Um, I guess your yeah your explanation makes a lot more sense. The so the the employee goes out onto the ocean uh, ocean and turns out that their boat it hit the storm it it had you know I guess been obliterated or whatever. Two bodies were found, but uh, David was not located. And Mm -mm. so his family, I guess they they had received started to receive. um, Wait, David or Gordon? Gordon, Gordon. I'm sorry, David. David. (laughs) I'm not talking about Judy and Becky's middle school boyfriend. I'm sorry. I I, I guess he popped in there. Yeah. no, Gordon, uh, like the family, his family, it turns out they, they ended up going down to Baja, Mexico, apparently every other week trying to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, they live, they live in Southern California. So yeah, it's well, not like they were flying across the country or anything. Right. But still that gets expensive for sure. Yeah. Though, I mean, in a way it does kind of make sense. Cause like, cause they start because there are so many like sightings that are getting reported of him that I mm-hmm. could see like you know like oh if your ki- you know your kid's missing, but like everyone's mm-hmm. talking about this blonde gringo who's just like want like yeah. you know wandering up and down uh, the Baja. You're like he's he's there. Like you're getting you're getting all these reports uh, uh, about him, and so yeah, they went down there. Uh, they they ran into like a. Uh, like a Mexican fisherman who told them that he mm. saw, uh, cause they were handing out their posters and he said that he saw they Gordon, like just emerging out of the water at some point. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like, so yeah, but basically in the reenactment, Gordon like comes out of the, the water and then goes up to the fisherman <laughs> and like, 
takes forcibly takes his blanket because he was cold. Like in the I, reenactment, the fisherman's kind of like I, not really wanting him to do that. <laughs> I'm glad that you perceived this as well because that was my interpretation. Mm. Like you know, he walks up and you know the guy's like, "Can I have your blanket?" And the fisherman's just you know, "Okay." The fisherman's like, no, not really. And and, <laughs> and then he kind of just takes it. But yeah, yeah. Like Gordon starts reaching down for it. And like the fisherman reaches down as well. And I think like when he's reaching down, it's I need to get this grab this blanket before this guy. But Gordon, I guess, either gets a strong enough grip or gets it first that then like the fisherman just sort of plays it off like, oh, I'm let me hand this to you. Okay, you're walking off with my blanket. That's great. I mean, it's literally the sp- <laughs> this. That, that's literally the exact same thing I would have done in, in in his position. Like if a homeless person speaking a language I didn't sp- speak came up yeah. and just sort of reached down and grabbed my beach blanket. Yeah, I probably it's like that's their blanket now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't press the issue too hard. So, yeah. So, yes. Well, and also, apparently, the fisherman actually saw him just emerge from the sea what, what, at that point. What, so, he could have been some kind of like gringo sea spirit <laughs> that he didn't want to <laughs> anger. <laughs> it's like, I've seen, I've seen this horror movie before when I was a, mm-hmm. a little student, and they would show a <laughs> serialized uh, film of, of, about this. Uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, David, uh, he then, like, we get, like, footage of, like, him, I guess, in his pre, pre, uh, like, beard, long hair phase, uh, boarding a bus, which I'm not sure how he was able to get on the bus, because he, maybe he had some money, coins in his pants or something, um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, then... We just get an account of his parents' experiences just going up and down the peninsula. They, in particular, they're talking about, like, at one point, they were, you know, they're showing posters of him around, and people would tell them, like, oh, yeah, I've seen this guy. He was here, like, one hour ago. And so they'd, they'd continue mm-hmm. on, and they'd come across people like, oh, yeah, this guy was, like, here half an hour ago. So they're like, I can imagine yeah. for them that like, oh, we're getting close. We're getting close. And then they, they arrive in one town. And they're like, yeah, right. I just saw this guy like a few minutes past, uh, which I mean, that that must have, at the time that must have been like your your excitement or whatever, you know, is like building because you're like, we're getting close. We're getting close. We're right on the verge of finding him. But they don't actually end up lo- uh, mm-hmm. locating him. Um, And so, yeah. Now, what did you so the parents say at this point that the people kind of clammed up because they thought they I don't know maybe they thought they were the cops or something and I think that's a wise assumption is that they didn't know who these parents were in relation to this guy oh that like okay that like these people yeah yeah you know they could be especially if especially um, if you don't actually speak English maybe they you know right yeah it's like oh yeah the, not really understanding the, these people are but they were showing yeah yeah, they were showing the poster to or with his picture on it to a lot of people. Do you think it's possible that just like all white guys look alike? <laughs> and well, especially there's a lot of beach bums down there, right? I mean, there's just a lot of expats that have 
Oh, relocated yeah. I mean, that could be and, a know. point. Well, yeah, it was was that was probably a thing even back then. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, oh, it was definitely a thing. Yeah, then. and and I mean, I'm sure the pictures they're showing at the time, they're you know, David uh, before he looked like a homeless person. Um, uh, so it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, there was an American guy with a mustache <laughs> passing right, through exactly. here. Yeah, uh, shit. I guess, I guess, you know, so it could be that, uh, wait, did I just say David again? Mm, maybe. All right. Gordon. But it's Gordon. Or Gordy, <laughs> as, as somebody in the segment referred to him, too. Yeah, they, they, his parents weren't able to locate him. And then I guess, like, they're interviewing the wife. And at that point, she says, and that's when we kind of like we, money was start, we were starting to run out of money, and that's when I, I I concluded maybe we're going about this the wrong way, and then they start hiring investigators <laughs> at that point, mm-hmm. which I mean uh, I, I I won't hit them too hard on you know whether they're doing it in person or investigator like whatever I I, I haven't had to search for a missing relative. Um, right. But one of these investigators, they find, they discover, uh, I guess, this presumed person presumed to be Gordon was arrested for stealing food at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which figures. I mean, if you can't speak the language, you you're amnesic and you don't have any money, it's it's probably difficult to to to, to legally obtain much food. Um. And they relate the story of like the local authorities. They brought in some, some, some American, another American living down in Mexico to come in and act as a translator. And the the guy James said that like the person in the cell identified himself as Gordy or or whatever. So that obviously gave the the parents more hope that like oh he's out mm-hmm. there he's out there and you know we get uh, we get a lot of the segment just sort of ends with like a montage of like the reenactor now, now makeuped up with long hair and, and a beard acting like a homeless person uh, wandering Mexico in his white pants, his white undershirt, his, his Mexican <laughs> blanket that he took from the fisherman mm-hmm. and a gallon jug, uh, presumably filled with water. And we get, you know, just shots of him trying to like hitch a ride and, Washing himself off at a car wash. <laughs> real, yeah. real fun. Unfortunately, there's no update. So, what do you think happened? Do you think that was him that people were saying, or do you think uh, Gordon died at sea with his friends? God, I, uh, I guess before recording this episode, I was thinking it was him, especially like because the the one. The person that was in the jail cell, James said, identified himself as Gordy. But then you pointed out there's probably a not insubstantial number of beach bums who, you know, have that same hair color, a beard and are walking around in like a wife beater shirt, wandering up and down the Mexican coast. Yeah, I think there's probably quite a few. I think especially back then there was a lot. So... I mean, which isn't to say there, that there couldn't have been some miracle where Gordy did wash up to sea and having hit his head or whatever or lost oxygen to his brain um, just didn't 
remember how to get home or whatever, but you know, yeah, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's we'll never know. We've had segments in this show in the past, uh, like Pierre. He, something happened to mm-hmm. him and he couldn't remember who he was. And so he's just wandering around California. Yeah. Well, after this segment, we had an update on the Lost Loves. It's that uh, Mac McDonald, that rich guy living in Reno who yeah. wanted to find the daughter that he literally ran away from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, literally, like in the seg, if you remember in the segment, like he's basically like, is is the mother holds up the baby. He's like, ah, and he runs runs out out of the room. Um, and yeah, it's just your standard thing on there, except for of course the the daughter he finds was like, mm, I'm not really thrilled because uh, he could have tried to find me sooner in my life. And so I guess I feel obligated to at least show up and look at some photo albums with them or something. But yeah, it was weird because he kept trying to like hug on her and touch her and stuff. And it was just really physically uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It comes off the reunion. Right. Like, I mean, she definitely like when he, when he comes in, like you can tell she's just like, "Eh, okay. And give yeah. it so a little pat on the back. Like, yeah, I guess I'm obligated to do this as well. <clears throat> yeah, so they they the show eats up a number of minutes with that update. And then we get we get a fun um I guess this is a wanted segment. I was gonna say Yeah, I was gonna read <laughs> it's a wanted segment. Yeah. I was going to refer to it as a poisoning segment, but that's. <laughs> uh, well, that kind of gives the game away, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, Gilbert and Elizabeth Ortiz. Yeah. And in 1992, uh, 23-year-old Gilbert Ortiz was working at a toy store in Redwood City, California. And... Um, I'm sorry. I'm uh, the story, in my opinion, of Gilbert and Elizabeth Ortiz is really the story of maybe the t- two dumbest people uh, <laughs> I've seen featured on <laughs> Self Mysteries. Yeah, um, can't argue. So with that. we, yeah, we open with um, you know the reenactor of Gilbert Ortiz laying on the lunchroom table, having some really terrible uh, abdominal pain, and. The uh, paramedics come and they're asking him if he ate or drank anything. And he apparently had become very ill after drinking a high protein amino acid milkshake. So this is like a bodybuilder's milkshake uh, or yes. something. Yes. Um, and he had it in this. And I really enjoyed seeing one of those. We just don't get these anymore. The sports bottles. The really right. huge, like colorful with the lo- like. Lime green. Usually, like with. Yeah, like a long straw with the cap for the straw that actually didn't keep any liquid from coming out of the straw. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was a real nostalgia moment for me seeing the sports bottle because they just don't make them like this anymore. Right. Because they weren't very good. 
With like little with with, uh, with basketball and football. Oh yeah, they're they're terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I I, I haven't yeah, seen they one were in so years. Bad. Yeah, and there's a reason. Uh, it, it had basketballs and footballs printed on it. Um, and then it's interesting because, like, sort of a little bit after this intro, we get Robert Stack. Um, you know, he comes in and he's describing the situation, and he's like, it involved a, a you know, a, you know, a water bottle not too dissimilar from this, and he holds up what is almost surely the exact same bottle they used in the reenactment. So, uh, I, that was a an inter- interesting qualification unsolved mysteries put in there. Like, oh, we don't want to play our card, you know. We don't want to overexpose ourselves by claiming it's you know exactly like this. I guess maybe what mm-hmm. he meant was like the one we used in the reenactment is probably not you know is similar to whatever the one in real life was. Um, it's probably a good thing they didn't use the the one they used in real life. Can you imagine how, how triggering that may, may have been <laughs> like for mm-hmm. the, for family involved, like, uh, you know, Hey, Hey, here's that bottle, you know, that exact same bottle that you almost died from after drinking from like, ugh. um, but yeah, yeah. Real fun to see that. So at this point, um, Elizabeth, his wife has arrived at the hospital. So Gilbert's been taken to the hospital from the toy store, mm-hmm. um, which I 100% had to think was Toys R Us, right? At this point. <laughs> it's not named, but I have to assume. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, uh, you know, obviously Toys R Us still existing at this point, being probably yeah. near the pinnacle of its, of its, you know, corporate mm-hmm. size. Though, I think yeah. at that point, though, it is still plausible that you would have a, like regional ch- toy store chains, so it could have mm-hmm. could have been one of those. But but obviously the odds are are most on Toys R Us. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah I'm I just assumed as I was watching that this was Toys R Us, which really it literally does not matter. Okay, so Gilbert it, Gilbert Gilbert. Gilbert has been taken to the hospital and um, he ends up going to cardiac into cardiac arrest and stuff. But before that, um, he was able, uh, the doctors and stuff, um, he, they brought the shake with, yeah, uh, with him to the hospital because this is the last thing I had before I got sick. So they at least had some evidence, right? Um, uh, he, um, Elizabeth says that she'd never seen that bottle before. She didn't know anything about a shake, whatever. Uh, Gilbert gets really bad. He's basically, um, he's like in a coma or something for a week or something like that. He's just not conscious. Um, At this point, Gilbert's mother and sister join Elizabeth at the hospital. And um elizabeth ends up getting a phone call or something (laughs) it was really upsetting to her and then she leaves she leaves the gilbert's mother and sister and says okay she's gonna go check on they have a young son jonathan that's probably important to mention elizabeth and gilbert are married they have a young son jonathan yeah um okay a couple hours later elizabeth comes back and she and like the reenact did story the way the reenactor is doing this i actually thought she did a really great job oh of, i'm sure she 100 captured like the 
Yeah. Yeah. Whoever was playing Elizabeth captured being an idiot criminal liar pretty well. <laughs> because like nothing nothing is checking out with Elizabeth is saying. Elizabeth like is telling this whole story about how like someone in the parking lot was wearing a mask and had kidnapped their son Jonathan and or something like that. There was a bull there was a boy in the parking lot and then the boy told Elizabeth to go to the parked car with the masked man. And then the man was saying that they know what had happened to Gilbert and that he drank the wrong stuff. Um, and then that man had given her a bag of uh, insecticide. Um, so the reason I think this woman is an idiot, because she basically admits in this concocted story that Gilbert has been poisoned with insecticide. Yeah. How now to this point, no one has mentioned him being poisoned. Mm-hmm. No tox analysis has been done on that milkshake. So now she just told them what to look for. <laughs> right. I... So immediately, of course, I'm just like, idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. So the nurse, of course, uh, that is getting all this information, contacts poison control and the police very wisely. Um, and a couple of days later, when the police go to question Elizabeth, uh, you know, her story's not adding up because it's very weird. And then eventually she just confesses that she made it up. Um, and then she was telling this other story about Gilbert uh, had done it to him, like had poisoned himself. Um, and then the investigators are like, oh, c- hey, can you take real quick? Can you do a lie detector test? And she's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll totally do that. But I have this job interview I have to get to. So I'll get like, I'll come right back. After doing the interview. It's not a problem. Um, and of course, what happens, right? She never comes back. So yeah. Um, then uh, the, the cops go to talk to Elizabeth again at her mother's house. And she refuses to go to the police station. Um, I don't no after this i mean maybe there isn't sufficient evidence to arrest her other than her acting really weird and being a bad liar but right um anyway so well unfortunately for elizabeth gilbert wakes up 11 days later (laughs) (laughs) and he tells he tells police the whole story now the story is this at some point Elizabeth had come by the toy store to drop off this shake in a bottle to Gilbert, telling him this whole story about, like, a, like her boss's son had bulked up by drinking these milkshakes and that they had made this special milkshake for him. And then Gilbert's reasoning is like, well, like, yeah, Elizabeth likes really mostly guys and I was working out and he just, like, couldn't, I just couldn't bulk up enough. Right. Like, he wasn't well, putting on, on any mass. He was just, you know, he's just yeah. staying slim. That made me kind of kind of sad for him. Right? Like, he's just trying to, like, do something for his wife. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I felt bad for him until this part of the story. (laughs) God. (laughs) And then so he says he takes the shake back into the break room. And he's they show him drinking it. And he's, like, kind of recoiling at the taste of it. And, like, Gilbert's like, oh, it tasted spicy. And I'm like, sir, you know what? If you can't tell the difference between something being spicy and burning <laughs> like a chemical burn <laughs> this and also like a milkshake should never be spicy like that's just common sense like protein shake or whatever right just it's not it's just not a spicy food it should taste and also sweet. yeah unless it's like a ex- 
it's not a spicy food, dude. And even though he's recoiling at it, and even though it's burning his mouth, this idiot drinks the entire thing. Like your body has told you as soon as you put it in the mouth, this is this is bad. This is a no no. Mm-hmm. Your body is telling you. And despite like all of that, he takes this entire thing down. Okay. He's gotta bulk up. Oh. He's gotta bulk Yeah, but also like idiot. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. And you're not a child. You're a twenty three year old man that has a child. You should know if it burns like that, that's not how that's supposed to taste. You know, for a while, I've I've thought about like victory and war is more about not making a mistake rather than just you know outwitting your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, like in, in in a lot of ways, it's just sort of a luck game. Like you know, who makes the most blunders is who loses. And I feel mm-hmm. like you know. Pitting pitting these two off against each other, it was just a, a you know, like they, they they are both like lucky that the other person is just is just as stupid as they are, because if um, you know Elizabeth's plan would not have worked with like most any other person. Uh, mm-hmm. in like 99 point whatever percent of the other cases someone would take the first like drink of this and be like oh oh god and then maybe become however much ill you'd get from however much you you ingested because you didn't drink the rest because it tasted like burning uh, but mm-hmm. then uh, Gilbert is fortunate that Elizabeth I guess she I guess what she thought she was doing was like maybe she would divert a like I mean if you go in and you like I'm sure that like sometimes with law enforcement like with, with like detectives you know mm-hmm. you probably run into a situation where there there are some people like who are clearly innocent because an innocent person would not like just share all of this with you um Mm -hmm. though elizabeth her you know her story was so suspect that like she she was not going to be able to to divert attention away from herself by engaging in this um and really just also like balking up by drinking some amino acid shake what the hell is this folks i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna tell you how you really bulk up here okay and if gilbert's listening give us yeah, give us the Robbie plan for getting swole. For well, okay, I mean, because his problem is he's not putting on any mass, right? He's exercising right. and whatever. He's just, you know, yeah. he's still the same weight and stuff. He's going about yeah. okay. You go to my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants, Wendy's. Uh huh. Great. <laughs> yeah. Here's 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 what here's what you need to do. You need to order okay. a baconator, and you need uh-huh. to order. Uh, a chicken sandwich. My preference is to go with the spicy chicken sandwich, but that's not necessary. If you prefer, yeah. you know, just a conventional chicken sandwich, that's fine. Um, you order both of those. You order two uh-huh. large French fries because uh-huh. you need one to go, you know, one large French fry to go with each sandwich you eat. And you mm. get uh, you get you get a drink. Though if you're if if you're prone to kidney stones, you may want to go with the lemonade. 
rather than mm. any of the sodas. Uh, and you get a frosty. Or uh-huh. if if you're feeling ambitious, get two frosties because apparently they yeah because because now they have a, a vanilla flavor, so you can get one of each uh-huh. chocolate you and can't. vanilla. Wendy's also has a has a big cookie now, too. Oh really? Yeah. Well, it's a shame that I. Yeah. It's a you shame. Get a big warm cookie. It's a shame that I have to change how the entire way how I eat. Otherwise, I would immediately go out to Wendy's and get get, get one of these cookies. Um, yeah. So that's uh, Gilbert. That's what he should be doing every day. Yeah. Eating that meal, and I guarantee him, he will like his body mass. He is not going to be some uh-huh. slender weakling after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, whereas the shake was trying to kill him quickly, I think your plan might be trying to kill him a little more slowly. <laughs> Maybe that's what Elizabeth should have done. <laughs> yeah. Been like, well, I like, I like larger guys, Gilbert. And then yeah. hand him like two huge bags full of Wendy's every day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so at the point where uh, Gilbert basically says that his wife poisoned him by handing him the shake, um, the uh, investigators go to arrest her with a warrant. Of course, she has disappeared yeah. at this point. Um, Jonathan, their son, is also gone. Um, and so this is where we get to the wanted part of the episode. Um, there is an update. They About eight years after this aired, Elizabeth is picked up in Mexico. And extradited mm-hmm. back to the United States. She stands trial. Uh, she goes to jail. So. <coughs> that's that, basically. That, that, that's resolved. And then, God, God bless you. Thank you. Um, and then we end off the episode with, mm-hmm. uh, basically, uh, it, it's, it's another update on a previous lost love. Um, mm-hmm. I won't go into all the details. I mean, this is, it's, it's the one about like the British woman who's actually like with, with the Italian name who gives up her kid. Mm-hmm. And when you see the kid fully grown, uh, in the present, she kind of looks like Natalie from the facts of life. Hmm. Um, yeah. 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 You can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then that's the episode. And, and that's the tea, as the kids say. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Robbie, if yes. Well, to answer the question, you, to answer the question you haven't even asked, Crystal, uh, people can uh-huh. go on to Twitter at reenactedpod.com. Uh, sure can. Or, 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 at reenactedpod, uh, or send us an email at reenacted at gmail.com. Uh, there's Facebook groups. Go on to iTunes. Please give us five stars if you do. Uh, there's a Patreon that you you, you can uh, give us money to that will pay for the web hosting. And yeah, uh, and our producer and yeah, it keeps the and thank you, thank you to the new people who just did that. That's amazing. We picked up some new folks in the last month, and so thank you so much. Um, and we're gonna try and 
be a little bit better about putting at least maybe early release episodes up there and maybe some other content. Um, so yeah, that's patreon.com slash reenacted pod. If you want to help support the podcast and keep this thing going, that's very, it's very appreciated. We see you. Thank you for doing that. And this was season five, episode 11 of Unsoft Mysteries. Yes. If if you want to follow along, yes, it was season five, episode 11. Okay. Um, so, do you want to do you want to do the thing? Yes. Join us next week for another edition of Unsolved Mysteries.